Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. So another week has passed since the atrocities have uh, taken place in Gaza and every week that goes we just hope it stops as soon as possible. Uh, we still have two journalists based in Gaza that we barely hear from and uh, our team are always worried about them. Uh, this week uh, was another week where uh, lots of things happened in the region. Uh, we were in Saudi Arabia with MISA, uh, Ministry of Saudi Investment, so we've been accepted for the Ignite program over there. And uh, there's also a fintech announcement. So Tabi uh, raised $200 million and they became the 10th unicorn in the region, the first fintech one. Uh, so it's an amazing story that just started in 2019. And this week's conversation is in that space. Uh, it's fintech, uh, it's a solution for corporates. And I think you'll find it interesting. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Today, we're joined by Mohammed Ridwan. He is the Pluto co-founder and COO. He's played a pivotal role in leading the UAE's premier spend management platform for enterprises with a visionary approach. He has spearheaded the development of comprehensive solution designed to streamline expense management, smart corporate cards, and end-to-end -end account payables. So good morning, Mohammed. Good morning, Richard, and thank you so much for having me here. And before we just get started, I just wanted to say that i um, big fan of your work, big fan of Love in Dubai and the Augustus team. So I uh, really appreciate uh, the invitation today. Uh, thank you. And likewise, I know we had some interactions before with Pluto, so it's good to sit down, talk to you and hear about the story. Uh, so thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, so tell us a bit about Pluto. How did it start? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, Pluto started a few years back. Uh, we are the smartest corporate card and spend management platform in the UAE. Um, I'll cover in details about what that actually means because it is a mouthful right at the beginning. But um, we started in Dubai really focusing on the CEO and CFO space and the finance team and procurement spaces. Right. Um, a little bit of background. I spent about close to 17 years in Dubai. Uh, prior to moving to Canada, uh, where I spent another 10 to 12 years. And in Canada, I had spent most of my career working for B2B platforms. So one of the first ones being Shopify, um, which is a B2B e-commerce platform, after which I spent a few years working in the fintech industry there. And what we noticed while working over there is that a lot of companies, what they do is they convolute prosperity of the business to productive hiring, right? What I mean by that is if your company grows, you tend to scale your team. But one of the key things that we try to do with Pluto is say that prosperity of your business doesn't have to directly correlate to the number of hiring that you need to do, right? And the way you get there is to automate, right? And one of the key automations that we started off with first is finance operations automation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. That's interesting. Uh, so 
So, okay, when you came up with the idea, what's, were you still in Canada or did you move back here for the idea? Yeah, we're still in Canada at that time. So um, we started off by looking into the enterprise um, space and seeing how enterprises are managing their workforce, managing their finances, and managing their operations. Now, when we started to look into that space, what we found in Canada as well is that a lot of CFOs and finance teams don't really have good context and visibility into how their finance teams are doing, right? Um, let me give you a very small example, right? Let's say that today one of your employees um, wanted to spend a certain amount of money for Facebook ads, right? To be able to do that, <clears throat> they would need to request you or request the department head, right? It would have to go through a string of approvals to be able to get the budget for it, right? And all of this is handled manually via a long chain of email processes, right? In addition to that, what happens is after you get the approval, the finance team would typically share the bank's card, the, the, the bank that you're working with, their card with the team so that they can go ahead and incur that spending. The credit card. The credit card, right? Definitely. But imagine that. Imagine giving your employee access to a card that is linked to your main balance, right, which they can just use for whatever purposes for at, with an uncontrolled level, right? And that's a, quite a dangerous uh, proposition, right? Now, that's just one problem with one employee, but when you scale that across companies that are more than 200 people, more than 3,000 people, people need to spend money to be able to do productive work, right? And how do you scale that? So we found this really interesting problem where companies really didn't have any way to be able to give a decentralized approach to their employees to be able to incur spending, right? This coupled with the fact that the UAE recently introduced corporate tax uh, uh, laws, right, which meant that the governance that you do on your finance teams, the receipts, the invoices that you take in, right, are extremely crucial to be able to maintain, right? And all of that is really, really difficult at scale, right? Let me give you another example here. Um, today, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm inc incurring company expenses, I find it very tedious to be able to take my receipts, plug it into a system, and give it, uh, give it to my finance teams for the reconciliation work, right? This happens across all companies in UAE and is a massive problem that happens everywhere, right? And now more than ever, these are more important because you have to do your tax filing, right? So Pluto really comes in here and helps the businesses streamline this entire process. So the marketing example that I gave at the beginning all you have to do with Pluto is click on one button, request for a certain level of spending. Pluto will intelligently check if you have the appropriate budget assigned to you. Right? If you do, it will do a budget approval. Once the budget approval is done, there may be other approvals that are necessary from your manager or other, other aspects. Pluto will intelligently look at your org structure, route it to the appropriate people, get the necessary approvals, and then automatically issue you a virtual or physical card that only has that certain level of spending allowed on it 
and only works at the particular merchant that you had requested it to be spent on, right? Okay. Which allows you to just have an incredible level of control when it comes to corporate finances. Okay, I'm with you so far. You haven't lost me because okay. I don't yeah. think I can get super technical. Okay. But can you can you take tell me about the next phase of that or the part where how does this actually work? Because uh, you know, credit cards numbers are linked to Visa and Mastercard, and they're linked to banks. How have you been able to create another version of that that does the same thing without actually being a bank or a Visa or MasterCard? Absolutely, absolutely. So <clears throat> the interesting thing here is that banks have had the ability to do all the things that we're doing since the beginning. You know, the only problem is that there's incentive misalignment, mm. right? What I mean by that is banks are incentivized to have you keep deposits into your checking accounts. Um, and have you spend that as quickly as possible using your cards or other methods because on every single spend that you do, they also get um, revenue from it, okay? That's an incentive misalignment because to us, uh, our philosophy is that we want to help companies save time and money, right? Uh, and so Pluto really took that philosophy and extended that such that we're able to help that. So just to put it into context, banks have always had the ability to help you do these things. It's just the incentives were misaligned. Now, getting into it a little bit deeper, right? When it comes to controls, so we have a exclusive partnership with MasterCard, right? That allows us to issue MasterCard cards to our customers. And in this, um, in this uh, approach, what we can do here is we have a very sophisticated software layer that sits on top of the MasterCard platform that allows us to essentially control every single behavior of that card, okay? This can include when the card will get authorized, when the card would get declined, where can it be used, how often it can be used, what is the budget associated with it, right? So all of those things are controlled by our engineering teams um, and are highly controllable by us. We then surface these controls to our users, to the CEOs, to the CFOs of finance teams who are then able to use very easy ways to be able to manipulate them such that they can introduce these controls to their companies. Interesting. So I get it now. So uh, it's like an API that you know, you're, you're on top of the existing framework. That's right. So you're using <clears throat> the same card, you're just using it in a different way. And Hamid, when you explain their, their incentive is to get you to, what you explained their incentive was, uh, and how they make fees, what's your incentive alignment? How do you make revenue? Absolutely. So How is it different? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So banks are incentivized for you to spend as quickly as possible. We are incentivized to have you as our customer as long as possible. Okay, what I mean by that is we want to be able to come to you at the end of every year and tell you that, hey, on average, your finance team has saved at least 20% of their time every single month and your employees, who, whoever needs to spend, has saved at least 10 to 15% of their time um, every single month. And I'm throwing these numbers right now, not because these are assumptions, but these are actual numbers that we help our companies um, save all across the board, right? And that's our incentive, right? We want, when it comes to contract renewal, we want to be able to come to you and tell you that this is what we did. Now, 
on a month basis seems like a small, uh, small amount. But when you multiply this with companies that have 3,000 plus employees, right, which many of our customers do, you essentially save so much time all across the board, which essentially goes into saving you money in the long run. Right? Now, one of the other key things here is that um, with Pluto, we really want to be able to surface a very strong level of insights so that you can do your financial projection and analysis and control, right? Which is also another way that you save money. So my background um, after Shopify was in the AI and machine learning infrastructure space. I worked at a company called Dessa, which was a pioneer in the generative, uh, uh, generative media space. And my learning over there was that with data, you're able to surface such incredible insights that um, if you just have the right trigger points, you will be able to dramatically change the course of your company, right? So a couple of things. For example, one very small example I'll give here is that in a company that has more than 200 plus employees, there's probably hundreds of subscriptions. HubSpot, Figma, you know, various kinds of software subscriptions. But what companies don't realize is that the same subscriptions are across multiple teams and none of those teams talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just talk to each other and got a centralized plan, you may have been saving tons of money uh, across that. These are things that are only possible if you add AI and machine learning to it, right? And that's just another way where we surface these insights to CFOs and financial controllers to be able to do that. Okay. Now, how are we incentivized? Um, Pluto charges a subscription fee for our software, right? How much? Uh, so our subscription plans really depend on the enterprise tiers. What we do is we come into your platform, look into the, um, look into the changes that you need to make, handhold you through the changes, right? And then charge you a flat platform fee. Our typical plans started about $80 per month, right? Um, Unlimited users. Unlimited users, right? We don't do, again, because we're not incentivized to uh, keep on having you spend money, we also don't incentive, we also don't restrict your, your, how you scale the team. Right, so seventy nine dollars per month is usually our beginning uh, beginners plan, right? And then it scales up based on the enterprise that you're in. Okay, so you're back in Dubai three four years ago, and you have this idea. You have a background in Shopify. <coughs> you've seen the start of generative AI, and what, th- talk me through the thought process. Did you did you say, hey, this region is an emerging market? I think fintech's going to be an opportunity, uh, and you know. How did you come up with like the the, the other founders, uh, and what was the starting point? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Pluto was really a culmination of a lot of different experiences that I've had over the past several years. So Shopify's B two B was one of them. Dessa, where I worked on AI and machine learning infrastructure, was the second. And then uh, that's also where I had my first exit, where Dessa was acquired by um, Cash App or Square, which is the largest fintech in the U.S., right? Jack uh, Dorsey's. That's right, yeah, the, the Jack Dorsey's company, right? And Cash App, it's right? It's not called Box, is it? Or did they? It's called Block now. Block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had a whole um, uh, thing going on in the company when that change uh, happened. But yeah, it's called Block right now. 
Um, and Cash App is the fastest growing fintech there. It has about 30 million active users. And that's really where the meat of my fintech experience had come in, right? Um, in there, I work for a, a team called the Strategic Development Team. It's now called the TBD team, um, an incredible set of individuals. And we were working on emerging markets and also on strategic landscapes, right? And that's really where my interest in emerging markets came in and how fintech can impact emerging markets. I made a small trip to Bangladesh, which is my uh, home country um, during that period. And one thing that was very striking to me is that 10 years ago versus now, the economy had changed dramatically. And I can pinpoint why that economy had changed. And that was because of one small company called Bcash. Bcash was a company that allowed Bangladesh to be able to completely digitize their payment ecosystem. Like the same thing applies to India with the um, UPI um, system. And that allowed commerce to flow, right? It allowed online businesses to flow. And that got me very curious as to what are the same kind of opportunities in other landscapes? So the UAE, you know, the history of UAE is really based on global trade, right? Uh, some of the best successes that UAE has had because of the port ecosystem that we have, right? And when it comes to global trade and global finances, we were extremely bullish as founders that there is opportunities there to be able to operationalize and help UAE companies really get efficient and really be get into a next level of operational excellence. So when we started to explore that market, what we also did is we did competitive research, right? Uh, and one thing that was really shocking to us is that things that we take for granted in the US and Canada and others didn't really exist in, in the UAE because those players did not enter into these markets yet. You know, companies like Expensify, Ramp, others, these are some of the largest companies in the US and pretty much everybody has heard of it. But here, we're still using Excel sheets for to handle most of our things, and that's because they've just not been given the opportunity to do that. So given all this knowledge, what we realized is that there is a true leapfrogging opportunity here, right? What I mean by that is in the US, if you were to start a similar company to Pluto, you would be competing with many, many different kind of players, and people would be comparing you to the other players. Here, People compare us to the Excel sheet that they're using, and the experience is 100x better, right? And that was really the key opportunities that has made us um, focus on UAE as a market and focus on global trade and operational excellence as a core philosophy of ours. I get, I get the point, and it's interesting to hear you explain it like that. However, just to play devil's advocate and to do a counter to that, if you know, added on software works if you've got a thriving economy and uh, if, if the businesses, if there's enough businesses, mm -hmm. if the businesses have <coughs> sophisticated digital savvy employees, right. if they're generating enough revenue to have incremental things, right? But, you know, if, if you look at, um, if, if you look at, say, countries that haven't, that the economies aren't as developed, uh, and the internet isn't as fast, yeah. or if tourism isn't as expansive, then wh why would say why would a, a, a hotel in a country that doesn't have amazing tourism need all these fancy 
uh, OTAs and all these different softwares and things like that. Uh, you, you know, like so, if if, if you know Excel sheets is actually very good for most companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I I totally hear you. Right. Um, I think the difference though is that as you scale automation and yeah. that's right. Right. So I think that's the first. Uh, that's one of the key things. But I think the other difference here is that the UAE is a prospering country. Mm, true. And we have extremely large businesses in the UAE that are hidden in plain sight, right? Um, sure, we don't have the, you know, um, uh, top 100 lists or, or Fortune 5, but there are so many of those here, right? Um, to us, the UAE is a thriving economy, and it's a prosperous economy that has, has sees large amounts of global trade, right? Just the global trade industry in itself in UAE is a $3 trillion market because of the cross-border payments, right? Mm -hmm. So there are thriving businesses. The problem, though, is the digital savviness that you, that you mentioned, right? And we see that across the board, right? It's that there is no digital savviness and there is no, um, there is no movement or desire to leapfrog in innovation when it comes to such um, operational um, elements, right? There is leapfrogging innovation in many other aspects that generate revenue, but in terms of cost control, we don't see that often. However, given that we had to change our business model because we couldn't just, you know, import a um, solution that worked in North America and bring it to, uh, bring it to UAE, what we really had to do is make Pluto into a no-brainer solution, right? Where when you see this and when you use it for the first uh, month or so, that you immediately realize the value of it. I'll give you one example of this, right? You know, every single place you go to in the UAE, there is a POS machine, right? I think... POS acceptance in the UAE is one of the highest I've ever seen, even more so than Europe in many places. But what is shocking to me is even though that the POS acceptance is so high, there are some of the largest companies in UAE still keeping vaults of cash in each one of their branches, which they use to hand out to their employees to be able to do cash-based spending. So petty cash spending was a massive, massive thing across all businesses in UAE. And that was really surprising because to me, card acceptance is so high, but it makes no sense why your employees would be still carrying around dollops of cash in their pocket, right? Mm. But it's a very common thing. To the point, if you type petty cash in UAE, the first thing that will pop up is what they call a petty cash voucher, which is a piece of note that you write down, I have given Richard 100 dirhams, and he has given me back 100 dirhams worth of receipts. And we have some of the largest and most innovative companies in UAE where their finance teams are sitting, looking at stacks of these every single day, scanning them, and then reconciling them. Okay. That's a waste of effort. That's a waste of your finance team's time because your finance team should really be working on strategic priorities and not on grunt work, right? So does that kind of make sense? It makes sense. So y your big ideas are automation and as company scale, and then also 
the, the pity cash example is relevant, and I can think of the addressable market and the types of companies and businesses that can then use Pluto. Exactly. Is that how you pitch this? Did you say, hey, emerging market automation is going to happen as this economy grows? Secondly, our TAM is petty cash, or, or did you, or what else was that in this? And then leading on from that, you know, uh, how did you set up? Did you raise funding, and what stage are you at? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so petty cash is just an example of some of the features and products that we offer. But the Facebook ads is another example, and all online payments as well. Exactly right, but um, Pluto is really a platform product. Um, we're not a single product. We are an ecosystem of, uh, of multiple products that come together to form a platform. And that platform is focused on entire account payables automation. Okay. This includes corporate cards, which is a marketing example that I give, the petty cash management, right? um, accounting reconciliation, right? uh, making sure that your, your receipts and invoices are filed in the quickest time possible in real time, right? Uh, and the most meatiest piece of Pluto is our procurement and our bill payments automation, which if you're familiar with in the US are companies like Build.com, right? Uh, and Pluto is an entire replacement of a, com of a company like Build.com, but built specifically for this region. So it's actually an end-to-end -end account payables automation platform where your finance, your procurement teams, your HR teams, and your employees all live within the same platform, right? So that's really our pitch to customers and uh, to our investors and others as well, right? In terms of raising funds, yes. Um, so two years ago, we had raised a $6 million seed round from some of the largest venture capital um, companies in the US. Um, in fact, one of some of our core investors that we're extremely proud to have is uh, the founders of Ramp. Ramp is the fastest growing uh, and the largest um, company in the US, which also focuses on spend management, right? And uh, amongst many others. So yeah, so we did re um, get venture capital and that was something that we focused on two years ago. Okay, interesting. Lots of questions to dig sure. into. It's probably my fault for asking two at once, but just the regional, built for the regional point you mentioned, Mohammed. The how is how so? Because I'm thinking of some use cases, and there are lots of complexities in in scaling a regional business. There's sanctions. There's currencies. There's uh, lots of different things, right? Absolutely. And then and then and then uh, you know, what's the right way of saying it? Then things that behavior types around payments and cash. <coughs> Uh, in different countries that, that vary as well. So uh, how, how are you tackling those problems? Absolutely. So Richard, just before we started the conversation, you had mentioned how um, you really enjoy people, uh, working with people who have had past experiences in the UAE mm. because that really gives them the regional nuances that are there, right? And that is the exact same thing for us, right? I am a founder who spent close to 17, 18 years here in the UAE, saw businesses grow up, um, uh, growing up. All my other founders as well have spent significant time in the UAE and this region as well, right? So that gave us a very strong regional perspective, right? And when we started the business, we really thought of ourselves as not importers 
of technology that is coming from North America or others, but how can we build technology in UAE and the region such that it becomes a very region-specific product that we can actually export to other places, mm -hmm. right? So that was one of the key philosophies that we came to. One way we were able to tackle such regional nuances is that prior to, is two things actually. First is prior to us starting, we had interviewed almost 60 CFOs in the UAE and understood all the way from how their org structure works to how they are filing every single thing in their company, right? I still have large charts of org structures and others uh, hanging out in my bedroom, which we used to be able to understand the entire process across multiple industries. In your bedroom. In my bedroom, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wake, home. <laughs> <laughs> wake up every day and take a look at it, right? <laughs> Um, set of posters of like football teams, yeah. <laughs> corporate. Or yeah, I, I think I have a couple of pictures of myself like wearing hard hats and going to construction <laughs> sites, and just we've been very fortunate that we have a large network here that has allowed us to really experience it from the grounds up, right? So uh, we feel very blessed about that. The second thing, though, is that um, we employ this uh, model in our company of continuous discovery. Okay. And this is a very um, important uh, nuance that I learned from my time at Shopify and Cash App, which is that customer support for us is not an operational role. So in our company, customer support actually doesn't fall under operations, but it actually sits with the head of product. So customer support mm. actually reports to our head of product. Why is that? It's because we take a perspective of the fact that customer support is a feature, not an operational second thing that you consider later on. I like that. And that was very important because what that has allowed me to do, it has allowed me to train our agents in such a way such that every single interaction that they're having with their customer is one more insight that we have about that business, not just You've come to me, I've solved your problem, see you later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is, they are incentivized to be able to get regional and company-specific nuances that allows us to get deeper and deeper into the enterprise. And that has paid off significant dividends for us where if you ask any of our customers across the region, they will consider our customer support to be one of the best. Right? So these two things have really helped us figure out those regional nuances. I'll add just one more thing to it. You're 100% right that digital savviness is not uh, a strong suite here yet. So we had to adjust to that model and we had to decide that, no, we're not gonna be just a software company where you take the software and see you later uh, approach. Instead, we actually have a separate arm of Pluto called Pluto uh, Transformation Consultants, where this arm has a consulting arm where our consultants come into each single business, understand the processes end to end, train their employees, train their accountants, train their finance teams. Uh, just now, I just came back from a customer who has about 80 people that we trained 
and to be able to increase their digital savviness so that they can make use of our product and their processes to the best of their abilities. It's like digital transformation. That's right, yeah. Uh, so uh, you mentioned before about the fundraising, so and then uh, the platform. Uh, w what stage are you at now in terms of customers, employees, <coughs> regions it's available in, countries it's available in? Yeah, so our focus is primarily on the UAE. Uh, at the moment, uh, we do have um, plans on expanding uh, at a later time, and we can touch on that at, uh, later on in the conversation. Um, the stage that we're in right now is that we're very fortunate to have uh, hundreds of clients across, off, uh, across all over UAE. Um, hundreds? Yes, yeah, yeah, hundreds of clients. Nearly a thousand, or nearly a thousand. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, across the across the um, UAE, <clears throat> and the focus that we take is on the mid market to enterprise segment, right? Where we typically work with clients that are uh, that have over two hundred plus employees, mm. right? Um, <clears throat> and in terms of fundraising, we're in a situation where we are optimizing to be default alive as opposed to looking for fundraising, right? And we're not actively uh, looking for venture rounds. Default alive, mean? default alive means to me that we are cash flow positive, right? Aiming towards cash flow positivity and profitability, right? As opposed to taking the typical venture model of you just burn as much as you can and then grow as quickly as you can, right? So that, that round that you raised wasn't necessarily a, a seed or a series A? Uh, that round was a seed. What I mean is that from a future-looking perspective, yeah. that is our objective. Yeah, and how close are you to that? Uh, I would say we're very, very close. Where's yeah. your tech team? Our tech team is primarily based out of Canada, actually. Okay. Yeah, so we our, it's actually a really interesting thing. What we did is that... At the beginning of the company, we took a very strong stance of hiring quality over quantity. So we just basically hired all of our friends that we previously worked at for all the companies that we worked at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and, uh, and how many employees? So we are 25 people right now. How many of them are in tech and product? Uh, I would say about 70% of our team is in tech and product. And the 30% sort of operations, marketing, customer? That's correct, yes. So uh, to acquire customers, those hundreds uh, of customers, is it sort of word of mouth or, or you know, how do you go about uh, getting people on board? Absolutely. Our biggest channel is word of mouth. Um, and that, again, comes back to our focus on customer support. So customers who adopt our product really adopt it very deeply. And they're also incentivized to be able to um, refer customers to us. Our second biggest channel is our marketing uh, team. Um, we have a very strong brand presence in the UAE, primarily because um, we have focused our brand on providing free value, right? So Pluto is the host of several um, uh, CFO uh, communities in the UAE. Uh, we host events across everyone, training sessions, um, looking into the future, etc. Right. Um, so that's really our focus. We don't really do a lot of like performance marketing or paid ads or anything like that. Most of our ch inbounds that come in are really based on the community that we are growing here of finance and uh, procurement professionals. Yeah, interesting. Um, no, I, mean, I was wondering because sometimes you know that mid market. 
it's harder for those type of companies to get signed up. Of course, the CFO <coughs> might be the person to sign it off, but it's hard for uh, to transition them onto new software. Whereas right. if you usually SaaS companies do quite well with entry level startups who right. are just sort of looking for uh, fast software right. for payments for invoicing and things like that. So is is it harder to get the sector in the market that you've aimed for? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, we have competitors in the market that focus on um, being a pure SaaS software, right? And working with uh, SMEs, right? Um, and, you know, they offer things like, uh, they, they offer various things that allows them to be able to do that and focus on the small businesses, right? For us, we only focus on mid to upper market, uh, mid to enterprise level customers. And for them, what we find is that it's not harder per se, it's longer, right? And longer means that they would have to have at least 20 to 30 touch points with Pluto in various forms to be able to get curious enough to come to us um, as next steps, right? And that is something that we've optimized our business for, right? This comes through our finance communities. This comes through the events that we do. It comes through the thought leadership that we do all across. It comes through uh, the free resources that we offer that customers use all the time, right? Our customers, our prospects use all the time. This allows us to craft a, uh, a strategy where a typical customer has had at least 15 to 18 touch points uh, with Pluto before one of our sales team members or commercial team members um, get engaged with them. Yeah, okay. Uh, something else that I was thinking about was uh, in, in that line and being able to attract different customers, but uh, when, when you've got this available for corporates, something like this <coughs> could help families with kids. It could have other use cases in the consumer space. Yeah. Uh, was that part of the thinking or? It was not, but it is a product I deeply desire. So if somebody is listening to this and wants to build that, I would very much be interested because I do think a very similar to, uh, a similar product to Pluto is absolutely necessary for the personal banking um, side of things. I'm still surprised today that there is no banking software which allows me to create budgets and see how my budgets are doing across spending. It's yeah. very surprising. And right? you think, you know, thinking of the UAE case where families have other people on their payroll. That's home, right. Uh, it could be very useful. I think it could be tremendously useful. It's not something that we will do. Um, because our focus and expertise is really on corporates. And that in itself takes up 100% of our focus and dedication. Corporates are so complex. Their operational operations are so complex. And companies across each industry have a completely different operating model, mm -hmm. right? So really we have gathered our team to be very big experts on that. And entering into personal banking, right, is something that would take away from that focus, right? Yeah. But uh, if someone listening is very keen on starting something like that, I'd be happy to help them. And uh, I would very much be the first user of it, for sure. And so let's talk a little bit then about fintech. We saw Tabby this week. Uh, don't normally mention names, but it, it was such a sort of a, a moment, really, for fintech, Absolutely. wasn't it? Uh, another unicorn. Yes. Uh, something that started in buy now, pay, pay later with a wider vision or, or view of fintech. 
Uh, what, does that give you confidence that the region is ready to accept these type of companies? 100%, 100%. I am more confident than ever in the prosperity of the economy here because not only are we seeing customers just leapfrog in accepting innovation, that, but we're also finding that because they don't know of what is the better status quo in, the, in North America or other regions, they're actually more keen on innovating across their, uh, across their company. And Tabby and, uh, and the many other fintechs here really give us a lot of confident, uh, confidence um, in the economy here. And we're very excited about it. And not just, uh, not just you know, the success of the startups, even if you look at the incredible work that the, uh, the innovation zones have been taking, like the DIFC, right? They're doing such tremendous work to move the economy forward. Is that where you're based? We're based out of the DIFC, yes. Um, and There's a lot of fintech companies there. It's quite a cool it, cluster, isn't it? You should really visit because, um, you know, when I first came and opened up our office here, I was genuinely surprised with the incredible supportive community, not just from the management of DIFC, but also the startups around us and the other companies around. And it's, it's truly a spectacle because I don't think there are many regions in the world where you would have government and private bodies really trying to help you in trying to innovate and leapfrog innovation. So very, very excited about it. There's definitely something happening down there. Like I, I did go down there once for an event and I did an Instagram carousel post of the logos of all the companies. And right. it's one of the fastest growing because there's such interest in, and all the companies are really cool, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But you say it's, it, as in they're well-designed, they're well-packaged, and you know, most of them are well-funded. But you say it's supportive, <coughs> but is it not competitive? Like in terms of, uh, even if you're not in the exact same sort of lane, is it competitive for staff? Is it competitive for fundraising? Yeah, I mean, look, um, <clears throat> competition to me is very healthy because if you don't have competitors, it means that um, you don't have a market. Um, so competition to me is very healthy. Now, does it get competitive? Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that, yes, we all have to work towards our marketing, our branding, our sales, etc. But no, really, because each of, like, the way we had positioned Pluto as a new category of product and not a better product than something that exists, right? So I think this is where concepts of category design really come into place, right? And when we started Pluto, we really didn't want to start anything that is just a plus one or slightly better than what already exists. We wanted to create our own category and we wanted to be the leader in that category. And I'm happy to say that I feel confident that we are there where we have our own category that we take up our niche in. Do we compete with other fintechs in the market? Yes, we do but not in the same category. Okay, fair enough. Uh, running out of time, uh, but we touched on it earlier, so you, you are bullish and optimistic on the region, even with the current conflict and atrocities that are taking place. Uh, what's your view on expansion, market entry, which markets, and how do you approach that? 
Absolutely. So <clears throat> the GCC is definitely a focus of us, right? Um, the UAE is our number one focus right now. And we really want to go as deep into the UAE market across multiple product segments and multiple categories. And I foresee that we will be in the UAE for a significant amount of time. The next steps for us are to expand into other GCC regions. So Saudi Arabia is a big market that, uh, that, other, um, that has a lot of traction going on for them. But we're not limiting ourselves to the GCC market. Right? We have companies uh, on Pluto today um, that are actually outside of the GCC as well, right? Because they have found significant value in our in in what we have to offer, right? So we can we really see ourselves as an exporter of technology into various other markets and not limited by the GCC scope. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And uh, so the the next stage of what what's the sort of product roadmap? You know, we're we're almost at the end of 2023. What what are you looking for next year? And um, you know, even if it's some of the things that you're product customer service team have highlighted or, uh, you know, what, what's the sort of plans for the year ahead? Absolutely. So <clears throat> um, two things that I will touch on. Number one being that um, we are really trying to and focused on tapping into the global trade, right, that is happening in the UAE. And that is done through Pluto's new product, which is Pluto Procurement. So we now have an entire suite of business line that is focused on procurement automation and bill and invoice management automation, right? And we are helping businesses find the best deals for, their, for whatever they need to procure, streamline their procurement operations, improve vendor relationships, negotiate better, et cetera, right? And uh, that's a business line that we have started last year, um, close to the beginning of this year, and we are excited to continue to be scaling that. The next thing that we are deeply focused on is really uh, what I personally love, which is AI and machine learning, right? And we are working on many different work streams here where we are surfacing very deep insights for a financial controller that they can use to be able to really control their budgets. For example, FPNA is a big one, right? Today in FPNA, which is financial, financial planning and forecasting, yeah. right? Um, today in FPNA, you have very sophisticated models that come in to be able to forecast what your next year's budget is going to be, but none of those are powered by probabilistic models. By probabilistic models, I mean AI and machine learning models. They're all very deterministic. If this happens, then we have XYZ, right? So Pluto is really taking a focus on that, using our AI and machine learning expertise to be able to really forecast where your payables are going to be and what kind of expenses can you expect to incur over the course of the next year, which will help companies really plan out their finances. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we could have a whole other conversation about AI, but we're out yeah. of time for today. I'm really glad, glad we sat down to hear about what you've done. Uh, it's fascinating space, uh, fintech and the region. And uh, best of luck to Pluto with Follow Story. Thank you very much, Richard. I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
Okay, that was an interesting conversation and I brought my CFO, Joseph, down to meet Mohammed to see where we can use Pluto and maybe your companies can check it out as well. Uh, thanks to Ali Khalil who put together the show and Hamid Hashem, the producer. This will be out on audio. If you're listening there, please do comment, uh, subscribe and share to a friend. Uh, if you're listening or watching on smashy.tv, it could be on the website, it could be on smart TV apps, or it could be on mobile apps. This was a Smashy Business production as part of the Gusus Media Podcast Network. We'll be back again next week with another episode.